welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. All right, so turn with me in your Bibles today to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Uh, And this is actually what Valerie just finished reading uh, just a few moments ago. And today's message, we're going to be studying a prayer, right? This is a unique passage because this, this chunk of scripture is a prayer that Paul the Apostle is writing to the people in Ephesians, okay? And I so I have a question for you as we start. When we pray for someone, what is it usually for? You could think about that for a moment, or if you're online, you can go ahead and type that in. But when we pray for someone, what what do we usually pray for? Right, okay, so when normally when I pray for someone or when someone asks me for prayer, usually that prayer centers around somebody's circumstance. Right, God, I pray that you would help so-and-so find a job. God, I pray that you would heal so-and-so. God, I pray, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would financially provide for so-and-so. And then when that, you know, and I keep praying for that circumstance, and then when that circumstance turns for the good, for the better, then I'm like, thank you, Jesus, amen, and then I'm going to pray. Now I'm going to pray for the next person who, quote, unquote, needs prayer. One powerful thing that we can do for each other is to share each other's burdens, amen? How many of you are thankful for that, right? That you can, that you can go to your brother and sister in Christ and you can ask for prayer and that we have a God who hears our requests, who hears us, but that's just one part of prayer, Right? That's one thing that we can do for one another. But in these verses that we're going to study today, Paul gives us an example of how we're to continually pray for each other. How it doesn't just stop short of, you know, somebody's circumstance, but there's so much more that we can be praying for. So let's read this together. We're going to start in verse 15. For this reason... Because, and Paul's writing, writing to the Ephesian believers, remember, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Right? So because of their faith, and this is not simply belief, this is because of their allegiance and their loyalty to God, because of their faith and because of their acts of love towards the Christian community, Paul is encouraged. He is so encouraged by this, so encouraged that he does not cease to give thanks and he continually, continually prays for the people. But for what? Paul, what are you you praying for exactly? Let's keep reading. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. And we're going to stop right there. Paul's prayer is that they would know God more. 
Not that their circumstances would change, but that they would grow in the knowledge of God. And Paul understands that it's the continued knowledge of God that's going to, to sustain these believers in life. Right, this is the most important prayer Paul can pray for his brothers and sisters. That the Holy Spirit would be at work in their lives. Right, he says that, may, that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Right, that the Holy Spirit would be at work in their lives to help them grow in wisdom and in knowledge. Right, and this is a knowledge that comes from a humble heart and open to be changed and transformed by God's Spirit, right? Because that's God's desire, right? That we would continue to grow, that we would be get, continue to transform to be more like Him. Sometimes that hurts because we got to change things. How many of you like change? Yeah, there's like one hand raised, so yes. Right? Change is difficult sometimes, right? But it starts with being humble and open to how God wants to speak and transform our lives. So today we begin a new series. We are beginning a new series called Made for More. We're, we're going to explore together what more looks like in our relationship with Jesus. And I figured in order for us to understand that, in order for understand what more is, I think it's best for us to start at the source. My prayer for today is that we would purpose in our hearts to know him. And that's the message for today. It's simple. To know him. To know God. And you may think to yourself, but I already do know God. I know him. So my wife and I re recently celebrated two years of marriage. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Give me a We're experts now. Yes, everyone's laughing. Because we, you know that we're not experts yet. And before marriage, we've, we've known each other for eight years, so that makes 10 years that we have known each other. And let me tell you, even in those 10 years, there is still more and more that I am learning about her, right? And I'm sure that for those of you who have been mar married longer than two years, right, you can tell me that, hey, Pastor Daniel, you're going to be learning your wife continually, even for 50 years, right? Right? And because, because I love my wife, I want to know more about her. Because I love my wife, I want to know her. Because there's so much to know. And she's a human being. Right? She is just a human being. Imagine the God of the universe. Imagine how much more there is to know about the God that, who is there from the very beginning of time to the God that will be there to the very end. There is so much to know. So much. And that's not meant to discourage us. Right? It's not meant to be like, oh, okay, Pastor Daniel, because there's so much to know about God. I'm just, forget it. Like, you know, I'm not going to do that. No, but this is meant to encourage and inspire us that we will always be learning that there is wealth of knowledge to know in God. So today, we're going we're gonna to learn about knowing God and what that looks like to continue to know him. And the main idea for today's message, and what I believe is Paul's point, is this. Is that our greatest need, my greatest need, your greatest need, is to know God. And there is three things that Paul wants the Ephesians to know and that he wants us to know about God. 
And before we jump into that, I want to invite Greg Henderson to come up. And in our Made for More series, we're going to hear stories weekly from people in our congregation about turning points in their lives and their relationship with God. And this is meant to, you know, be an encouragement and to, you know, really to build our faith, right, and to see what God's doing in, in, in the lives of our brothers and sisters. And if any of you know Greg, you know that he is somebody who passionately seeks to know God. So let's go ahead and give it up for Greg today. Come on up, Greg. Yeah, you want to lift it a little higher too. All right. Okay. Good morning, all. Uh, again, thank you, Pastor Daniel, for the introduction. So I am again Greg Anderson. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about today, to Pastor Daniel's points. Of, yes. To Pastor Daniel's points regarding knowing God more. That was one of the big issues that I had for many years. So I'll just go through a little history of me and how I came to where I am now. So. I'm defined by what I call valleys of death, of both an emotional valley of death as well as an intellectual valley of death, and how God ended up then using those valleys of death to be able to draw me closer to him so I was able to have that better relationship and know him more. So going back into the early 1990s, so I was a little kid. I grew up as a Christian in a Christian household in Pennsylvania. I asked Jesus into my heart at the age of eight, but I didn't feel like it actually took, so I ended up doing it again around age 13, uh, and I ended up getting baptized after that. Fast forward up to high school. I have been going to church and such with my parents throughout all that time, and I was going to youth group as well. But this is where my emotional valley of death started coming in. So I didn't really feel like I actually had good relationships with any of the people that were actually at the church, uh, either the adults or the, the children, and because of that, I had really no joy or passion to actually do, to go to church. Uh, and eventually that led to where I just said, you know, I, I'm really just not interested in going to youth group anymore. I kept going to uh, church just because of my family, but I just, I was losing some of that joy. Going off to college, I spent maybe one time, I think I actually went to church uh, voluntarily throughout all four years of college and really just didn't have much of a relationship with God or Christ at that point. Going further into grad school is that I was still feeling this way, but eventually one of my lab mates at the research lab I worked at, he ended up actually inviting me to his church. And there's where I actually started really meeting people that I thought, hey, these are cool people. I could actually be like hanging out with somebody like this even outside the church setting. That's great. So because of that, I started really just enjoying these people more, and it started making me just more interested in Christianity as well, and I loved that. As I kept on going forward past there, I, as I kept building my faith and getting through that emotional valley of, our, uh, of death, I ended up getting married, which I was very happy about. But once I started getting married, I started having these intellectual valleys of death or, or doubt that I was going through. I had this big amount of doubt of once we started having kids, which I just had my first kid, so yay. Woo. So, thank you. So the, the issue that I was thinking about was when this child's growing up, what am I going to teach them? And the big question I ended up having was, am I my religion because that's just what I happen to grow up with? 
or am I my religion because I actually believe it's the truth? And I didn't actually have a good answer to that at that point. I ended up just listening to my family, to pastors, to religious leaders and such, and I never actually questioned to say, are any of these things that they're telling me, is it actually true or not? So for the next couple of years, I ended up then pouring through religious textbooks, theology textbooks, philosophy textbooks and such, to be able to get a good understanding of good arguments for and against God's existence, the problem of evil, a whole bunch of different other things. And I tried to determine which religion is closest to the truth. So after all that research, I eventually realized that Christianity was the closest thing to the truth. And this helped me to get through this intellectual valley of death, like of death, to say, I now have so much more confidence to be able to say, if anybody ever asks me about why do you believe what you believe, I can now give them the reasons for that to say, here's my whole journey as to how I actually got to that, that point. And now I'm able to, and I've, I've been doing this a couple of times, of I've talked about my faith journey and apologetics um, to retreats and conferences and churches and such. And this is so much past where I was back around like age 13, where our church ended up thinking at one point about going like and witnessing to others. And I was terrified by that because I didn't feel like I could actually give a good answer to why I was a Christian. So I leave you at least with this. Three things. One is that doubts, they can always end up happening in your faith. It's okay. And the important part is what do you actually do with them? And realizing also that you're never actually going to have all of your, the answers and such that you want, but you'll have everything you actually need in Christ. He'll give you everything that you need. Yeah. Number two is that you really need to be able to build your foundation of faith on a rock, like it says in Matthew 7. If you don't do that, when you have waves of doubt or uh, issues and such that happen in life, that eventually those waves have pound against your, uh, the, the, uh, I guess like the building and such you built on there, is that if your foundation is weak, you're going to crumble. And that's where people end up losing their faith as they get older. And the last part is never, never just forget to just reach out to friends, family, acquaintances, strangers, neighbors, just figure out a way of being able to just talk, even just casually about God, yeah. or invite them to your church, is that that one person at my research lab back in grad school, he ended up taking that chance to be able to reach out to me, and I'm so forever grateful that he did. God was able to then use his people to be able to accomplish his objectives, and I just encourage you to say, just never give up, and just love others and just reach out to others always. So thank you so much for listening to me and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Love that. You know, and God can handle doubt and he wants to work through that. And even as, as Greg was speaking, right, how he is somebody, even when he doubted, it was not like he, that meant that he was pursuing God to know God more pursuing to, to know him more, to, to really figure this out. And that is just so crucial. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump back into uh, the message today. And like I was saying earlier, we are currently studying a prayer that Paul is writing to the Ephesians. And there are three things, okay, that he wants the Ephesians to know about God. And the first thing that he wants us to know is our hope. Verse 18, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. We're going to stop there. What is our hope? 
Our hope is that Jesus died on the cross, rose again from the grave, set us free from our sin, has given us new life, and has promised us eternal life with him when we pass from this earth. Hope in Jesus is meant to be experienced. It's meant to be experienced. Hope is meant to transform us, to transform our daily lives, our relationships, our conversations, our interactions. And when thinking of hope, it's easy to think of the future, that it's this long, far-off thing. But we are meant to experience hope now and today. Paul is writing these words from a prison cell. Right, that's the context for this text, is that he is currently in prison writing a prayer because he is so encouraged. That's not because he's some super strong, tough guy, but that's because hope has transformed him. He is able to do so because he, ex- he has experienced and grown in the knowledge of the hope that Jesus has called him to. And Paul has seen hope continually transform his life And that is his prayer for the Ephesians, that they would live their days in light of the hope that is to come. Right? In light of what we know, we are able to live today transformed by hope, transformed by that. And one challenge we as humans have, right, is that we are so focused on the here and now. It's easy to be consumed with what is happening in our lives right here right now. And take these last few months for example, right? It seems that each new day there brings, each day brings more fear, more anxiety, more hopelessness, right? More division, more hatred. And sometimes it feels hard to be hopeful, but our hope is not in circumstance. It is not. And it's the world that finds their, their hope and their security in circumstances, in people, Right, But for us, but ultimately, those things will fade away. Right, Ultimately, the things, the circumstances, they will fade away. They will change so quickly. But for us, right, ours, but for us, our hope is found in Christ. And right, the enemy of our soul, okay, the devil, he wants us to buy into the lie that our hope, that our value, that our meaning comes from our circumstance, that if everything is going good in life, then yeah, I must be doing something right, that yeah, like, you know, that's great. And he wants us to buy into that lie. Because then, as Greg was speaking, when the storm comes, if we don't have a firm and solid foundation, right, then that'll drastically change. Our circumstances will change. And as we have seen, circumstances can change rather quickly, but, but, but despite the change, despite the circumstance, one thing remains, and that is hope. We have hope in a loving God and Father who sent his one and only Son to die a brutal death on a cross to save humanity from its sin, to give us new life, and to give us hope for the future. And it is our new life in Christ that brings meaning to our present situations. And Paul knows that it's the continued knowledge and experience of this hope that will continue to sustain us, that will continue to sustain him. 
and these believers. Right? He doesn't pray that their circumstances would change, and that doesn't mean that we should never pray for, for each other's circumstances. But he doesn't pray that here because his prayer is that despite their circumstances, right, despite all of that, that they would live in light of the future hope that is to come. Let's be a people who continue to know hope, who continue to grow and experience that hope, and that we would live in light of that. That even though, man, this season of life is really tough right now, but you know what? I can, I can, I, I can find joy because of the God that I serve, because what he has done for, for me because of the ultimate sacrifice that he paid for me. I can give thanks. I can praise. I can be thankful. And this brings us to our second thing that Paul prays that we would know is God's inheritance. Continuing in verse 18, all right, the first thing was hope. Now he's talking about what are, that we would know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And something that I never realized before when reading this text is that Paul prays that they would know the riches of God's inheritance. Not our inheritance, but that we would know God's inheritance. And why is that so important for us? What is God's inheritance? We are. The people of God are his inheritance. In other words, God sees his people as valuable. God displayed his love for us by giving up his most costly gift, his most precious, precious possession, his one and only son, Jesus, so that he would inherit us. Let that sink in for a moment. And through this loving act, right, through, through this, God displays and reveals his glory to the world. You and I are loved by God. Can I hear an amen to that? You and I are loved by God. Paul prays that we would know the riches of God's inheritance because this truth is so rich. Because it helps us understand how God sees us. This should bring us such joy and comfort knowing that the God of the universe, that he loves us so much that he, and he sees us as valuable. This should change how we view ourselves. Right? And it's the enemy of your soul that wants to tell you that you're not good enough. Right? It's the enemy of our soul that wants to say that we are un unlovable. Unworthy, unworthy, that we're dirty, that we're too stained from our past. But that's all a lie because when God calls us his, home, his own, when God called us, he said, you are precious to me. You are so valuable. You are so precious to me that I'm going to give my one and only son for you, for you and for me. Right, this should change how we view ourselves. I don't know who that's for this morning. But this should change how you view yourself. You are loved. You are loved. 
you are precious and you are valuable. Never preach from an iPad because then the temperature gets too hot and then it shuts down. So it's okay. I, I have this in me, all right? Yeah. Okay, so it should change how we view ourselves, ourselves, but it should also change how we view each other, right? How we view one another. Because God did not just save me, me, Daniel, only me, Daniel, but he brought me into a family, you guys. For those who follow Jesus here and around the world, we are a part of the family of God. Amen. And that should change how we view ourselves, how we view one another. That means that we build each other up. We don't tear each other down. Amen. That means we put each other first. That means we don't talk behind each other's backs. That means that we bear each other's burdens. That means we have crucial conversations and maybe, and maybe conflict with one another. But conflict can be good sometimes if it's done in a loving way. But right, we were called to love one another. And I was praying that this week. God, open my eyes. Open my eyes because, Lord, Lord, you see me as valuable, but you see my brothers and sisters just as valuable. And, that, and God, change my perspective. Change how I see my brothers and sisters in Christ, change how I view the world. Or are you thankful for that this morning? Amen. And the last thing that we're going to talk about today is his power. And of course, I don't have access here, but it's a really long verse, so that's okay. But basically, it's the, it's the, it's the gist of this, and you can put the uh, scripture there online, so... Uh, people can see what I am talking about. But the last thing, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. All right. We're going to read verse 19, okay? This is the last thing that Paul wants us to know. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay, that is a mouthful, right? But the, basically, there are two things that I want to touch on when it comes to power. Because our God is powerful, amen? The first thing that we see is that God brings what's dead to life. The greatest display of God's power was when he raised Jesus from the dead. That's when he showed off to the whole world and said, look, this is my son who was once dead but is now alive, and he is seated at, the right, at my right hand, a position of authority. God brings what's dead, and he brings that to new life. And it's amazing because this power is available to you and me. 
it's working in our lives. Verse 19, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward who? Toward who? Toward us who believe. That same power that rose Jesus from the grave, God used that same power to raise you and I from death to life in his name. To save us from our sin, to turn our lives around. God did that. His power did that. Can I hear an amen? Is anyone excited this morning? That God did the impossible by taking what was dead and bringing it to life. And that's not just a one-time thing, but he continues to bring newness. He continues to bring freshness. Whatever even situation that you may be going through where you're like, man, this is dead and I don't know how this will turn around and change. But God, I I don't know. Our family's in a really bad state right now. But God, if God could raise the dead to life, just think what he can do in your life and what you can continue to do. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're hearing this, and you're like, man, I'm hearing about the hope. I'm hearing about God's love, and I'm hearing about his power, and I haven't experienced that. And if you want that, let me tell you, he could do that in your life. The church is not a club for good people. It's not a club for good. We're not all here because we're good. We're here because God turned our lives around. He took what was once dead and he made it alive. He took our stained past, our hopeless past, and he brought hope into our lives. And if you want to experience that today, I want to pray for you at the end of today's message. But this is for you. To know God, the main idea of us, that our greatest need is to know God. It's not just for believers, but it's for people who have yet to believe. It is, it is for all of us. Our greatest need is that we know God. And the second thing that we see about God's power is that he is supreme over all things. To give you a little bit of context of the Ephesian believers, okay? They, the, town, the city of Ephesus was very tolerant and open to the worship of a lot of different gods. It was basically like a God buffet, Right? Well, I like this God. I like what he has to offer, so I'm going to worship him. Ooh, I'm going to worship him. He's great. Okay? That's how, that was the culture in Ephesus. So Paul is making a statement here that there is, you don't need to go to any other God. You don't need to worship any other God because Jesus is above all things. He has the dominion. He has the authority. He has the power. And guess what? Not only in this age, not even in the days that we're living today, but in the one that is to come. So whatever superpower may come in 10 years from now, guess what? He is nothing compared to the God that we serve. Come on. He is nothing compared to the God that we serve. There is nothing that will ever compare to the God that we serve. So Paul's saying, you don't need to go anywhere else. And even though for our context, it's different, right? We don't necessarily worship idols made out of clay and stone, right? There's always something that's trying to redirect our worship from God to something else. There is always something that's trying to pull our attention and our energy. But we don't need to go anywhere else. We don't need to 
We don't need to worship anything else because God has it all. Jesus has it all. He has given you and me everything that we need. Amen. Everything that we need. God wants us to know him. And in order for us to discover what the more looks like and made for more, we need to know God. We need to continue to grow in knowledge. Whether you've been a Christian for 50 years, whether you're just starting your relationship, or even if you haven't even started your relationship, God wants you to know him. And that's Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, that God, if you were to do anything, anything at all, give them wisdom and give them revelation. Open the eyes of their hearts that they would see you more, that they would know you more, God. If you could do anything, God, let it be this. Let it be this. So we learned about three things today, that we would know hope, know the hope that we have been called to, that hope is meant to be experienced now. It's not just some far-off thing, but hope is meant to be experienced today. Second thing, that we have been brought into a family, that God sees you and me as valuable, that he sees his church as valuable, right? Jesus died for the church. And he gives us an example of love, how to love one another, right, by giving his life for the church. That's how we're to love each other. And then the last thing is that we would know and experience God's power, that we would experience that transformation from death to life, and that we would know him as supreme over all things. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we are to continue to know and grow in. And the thing is, is that when we know God, the more we know and seek God, then the more that we're going to want others to know God. Amen? Like, I love what Greg was saying about how he was once terrified to share his faith, once scared to go and witness. But man, the more that he knew God, the more that he knew and understood that there is no one else, Man, somebody needs to know about this. And I'm going to invite uh, Jordan and Sam Parker. And I've asked them to share uh, just a little bit of the desire God's placed in their heart. And some of you know Jordan. He, uh, he actually attended Remix, what, five, six years ago? Yeah, five, six years ago under Bobby Hackett. Got saved at, in Remix. And uh, man, God's just turned his life around. And he went to Valley Forge. It's university now, Valley Forge University. And uh, there he met his lovely wife, Sam. And, man, they have been pastoring in Long Island, New York for a couple of years, but now God's moving them into a new season. Uh, so just share your desire with us of, you know, that new season, and you can step forward a little here. So, yeah, yeah. so go ahead, hey, well, share that. Hello, check, check. Hey, it's so good to be back and see so many uh, familiar faces as well as a lot of new ones. And uh, yeah, like Daniel said, my name is Jordan. And so this new season that God has called my wife and I into is actually to be campus uh, missionaries with an organization called Chi Alpha. And so we're going to be working with college students this upcoming fall. And uh, we are just honored and super thrilled about what God has already started to do in New York City and what he's going to continue to do. And so he really planted this desire on our hearts uh, around nine months ago when we first got married. And like Daniel said, we've been youth pastoring, and that's been such a joy 
joy and privilege to see uh, young students come and develop uh, their faith and even discover who Jesus is for the first time. Uh, but at the same time, God has really just broken our hearts over thousands and really millions of people who don't know Jesus only an hour away from us. And so when we looked at New York City, we realized that there was over 600,000 college students it's a lot of college students, and so many of them are navigating one of the most crucial seasons of their lives, but apart from Christ. And they're trying to figure out who they are, where they're going, who they're going to become, literally entering uh, the workplace to become the future leaders of this world, but doing it without the true identity and who Christ created them to be. And so we're just excited to uh, move to Queens and to love them and to see hope restored in such a hopeless place. So, yeah. And thank you, Pastor Daniel, for such an awesome message. And as you were preaching, I was just thinking of, you know, the hope, the inheritance, the power. And, you know, that's our heart is to bring that to Queens College, to yeah. college students who are kind of like the Ephesus Church or, you know, the city of Ephesus, where there is just so many options, a buffet of things that can grab their attention and be used as idols. And we find our identity and our hope in so many different things. But, man, God really is everything. And yeah. we want to bring that to the university campus where they're told and culture just creates this you can be whatever you want you are whatever you want but man their identity is founded in christ and their hope that's for today and tomorrow is in christ and we are excited to bring that we are excited to watch god show up he already has showed up because he called us this in february the pandemic shut everything down in march but man god has been faithful that we are still on track to be on campus for the fall semester and so we are excited to see him to continue to move with an abundant harvest for the fall semester in yeah. college students lives and see them restored to jesus and to one another yeah. so thanks for that message and thanks for letting us share what God's doing. Yeah, thank you guys. Hey, and uh, they are actually going to be back with us August 9th. So this was like a preview of what's to come, but you can see like their hearts and their passion just for what God is going to do. So you don't want to miss out August 9th. They will be back and they're going to be sharing more about just this desire God's placed in their hearts. So God, guys, thank you so much. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to invite the band to come back up, and we're going to close this time out here. And, and I think the same way that we began, prayer. Um, I think this, this would be a great time to pray together. So I'm going to invite the prayer teams to come forward right now, but I just want to pray for you today. So if you can just uh, close your eyes and bow your heads with me. And first and foremost, I want to pray for, for those of you today who, man, you heard this message and you're like, I have not experienced that hope before. I've never made that decision to follow Jesus, to give my life to him. And if you're hearing these things, if you're like, man, like, you know, I truly want to be changed and transformed. I truly want what God has to offer. If you want to receive that free gift of salvation today, can you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. And if you are online, you can just put something in the comments there, and we have a host that would love to pray with you. And we want to rejoice with you today. But if that's you, if you want to experience that salvation, if you want to, to just come and know God, I'd love to pray with you. The second thing that I want to pray with you for is if you're hearing this message and you're like, Pastor Daniel, I want to commit my life to continuing to know God more. If something resonated with you where you're just like, man, I need, 
If you want to pray, God, put a, a passion and a desire in my heart to know you more. If that's you today, can you raise your hand and I want to pray with you. And let me tell you, that's my prayer today, that I would know God more, that I would experience more of God, that I would know him more. Amen. So I'm going to pray right now and then Samuel's going to just sing through a song. And if you do want prayer, if there's something in this message or if there's anything that you're needing prayer for, we have prayer teams to my left and to my right. And if you're online, you have hosts that are available and who are ready to pray with you right now. Well, let's pray together. God, we thank you so much. We praise you. Thank you, God, that you have come and you have showed us love, that you have showed us power, that you have showed us hope. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that God, there's so much to know, that there's so much to learn about you. And, and Father, first and foremost, I want to pray for those who are here today, whether present, who are here and are out their service or are online, God, and who want to experience that salvation. God, I just want to pray for them today. And Father, I pray that, Lord Jesus, that you would just ignite a passion in their heart, a desire in their heart, Lord Jesus, that your truth, God, would just get such a hold of their lives as it has gotten a hold of mine. Lord Jesus, that you would get a hold of them, Lord Jesus, and you would show them your love, your hope, your power, Lord God. And if you're praying that prayer today, if you're like, I want God, I want to experience that salvation. I pray right now that you would just experience that newness and that freshness of life. And the Bible says that when we make that decision to follow him, to begin a relationship with Jesus, that he takes what was dead and he brings it to new life. That he turns, that he begins to do something new today. And if you're praying this morning that you just want to know God more, you know, maybe you're in a, in a state where you're like, man, you know what, I've, you know, I'm kind of going through the motions right now, or I come to church and I go home and don't really, man, I don't really give, I don't really pursue God the way that I did maybe years ago, or, you know, there's more that I want. There's more that I want to know. If that's you this morning, I just, God, I just want to pray for each person in the sound of my voice, Lord Jesus, that you would just, God, that you would just give such passion and desire for your name, that God, that you would give such passion and desire to know you, that God, collectively together, that it would be known that here in Hartford County, that Grace Assembly of God, that we did, that we purposed in our hearts to know you more, to know you, God. We love you and we pray these things.